Hello, this is Jeff from the future. This episode was recorded in 2020 as part of an original attempt at a music review podcast. The original idea was to discuss new music as it was being released, but 2020 being what it was, brought quite a few album postponements and other complications. So this series continued through 2020 and into 2021. We are now here in 2022 at the time I am recording this. So what you are about to listen to is not the Sound Judgment podcast, but an early iteration. Also, being that it was recorded more than two years ago now, some of our thoughts and opinions may have changed, considering that we are, in fact, people who are continuously trying to learn and better ourselves. Enjoy the show. Uh, I, I figured I figured just in case we go a little long with this, longer than we expect with this one, because um, even though... Even though you don't have much to say. I have watched. Um, well, hold on. We'll get into that. Let's talk about you. Let's, okay. Let's, first off, the first thing I want to say is dashing through the snow in a one horse open sleigh. Over fields we go, laughing all the way. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, what fun it is to sing a Slayer song tonight. Oh, Auschwitz, meaning of pain. Where did I want you to die? I hate your song intro so much. <laughs> no. You don't like that one? No. I hate it. Um, anyway. So, Chris. So. So, first so, off. All right. So, first off, we both set a goal. 25 movies for Christmas. How many have you watched? I don't know because I'm really bad at keeping track of them. Oh. I didn't, like, make posts about any of them or anything. I didn't number them. I just, like, have had movies on. Okay, I've I've been letterboxing them. Letterboxed.com. Um, I totally forgot I have a Letterboxd account, so I haven't added anything for a while. Mind yeah. you, I've watched all... I've only watched movies I've seen before, though, so. Okay, that's fine. I've been... I've been... I've been experimenting a little. But, um... I thought we would we would first get into you know some of some of our favorite soundtracks, some of our favorite Christmas musicals, and then maybe just talk about Christmas mu- movies a little bit because you know what, uh, tis the season. Fuck you. Um, I think one very underrated Christmas song from a classic Christmas movie is "This Is Halloween" from Nightmare Before Christmas. Is it underrated though? I, think I mean, is it really? I think it's an underrated Christmas song. This is Halloween. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Well done. Well done. Good point. Um, alright. I mean, I don't really think that's one of the more Christmassy songs from the, from the movie. Really? Was that the bit? (laughs) I'm just saying there's better songs in, in this, in, in, in A Nightmare Before Christmas. Which I have not watched. I haven't watched it, I haven't watched it yet this year. I haven't, I, 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 I probably watched it like five years ago or something. I haven't watched it yet this year. Uh, and off the top of my head, I kind of really know the song "What's This." Yeah, and that's kind of about it. I wrote a really nice parody of it one year at work. Of "What's This"? Yeah, you remember that? I'm assuming you mean when, like, working at Wendy's. Yeah, I do not remember that. Well, BDSM. I do not remember this, and I'm not 100 percent sure I want to. What's this? What's this? There's people chained to walls. What's this? Alligator clips <laughs> on balls. What's this? Oh, that's... oh, God. I was a better person before remembering that. Okay. Um. All right. I honestly think that, uh, you know, if someone 
hasn't made the porn of that yet, they should really call me about the soundtrack because I have some ideas. Anyway, Chris, you've been watching Christmas movies. Um, so let's talk about Christmas movies and like Christmas movie soundtracks. How's that sound? That sounds pretty good. Okay, good. That's a much better conversation. Um, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let me start here, please, because sure. let's just throw it out there, everybody. There is a hugely famous Christmas movie that is a musical, and it's also, like, the title track of one of the most popular Christmas songs ever recorded. Chris, you watched White Christmas for the first time recently. Yeah. What did you think of White Christmas? I think I saw a review that summed it up perfectly that said, this is 90% white, 10% Christmas. That is frustratingly accurate. So, White Christmas, I, I imagine most people have seen it, but for anyone who hasn't, um, the vast majority of the songs in White Christmas are not Christmas songs, and the story is one of those ones that, like, it takes place at Christmas, it wouldn't have happened without a reason to get people together like at Christmas, but it really has nothing to do with Christmas. It is not actually, like, a Christmas-themed movie. See, also, It's a Wonderful Life and Die Hard. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I, I re honestly, like, I really do. Other than the title, I really do put it in that same category. So, tangent time because you brought me into this. Um, there's obviously different types of Christmas movies, and I kind of borrow a couple little rules of thumb from a podcast called the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast, where uh, first off, a couple years ago, maybe just last year, I don't remember. They did a year-long poll of whether Die Hard was a Christmas movie, and ultimately the votes all counted that, yes, it is in fact a Christmas movie. Um, but other things that people have brought up in the year-long discussion of whether it's a Christmas movie is what makes a Christmas movie. Somebody came up with what we now, people, listener, listeners of this podcast and other Christmas podcasts, refer to as when a movie has a Linus moment. So think in you know, the Charlie Brown Christmas special, when Charlie Brown is saying, doesn't anybody know what Christmas is all about? And Linus says, I do, Charlie Brown. And they kind of, and like he explains like the real meaning of Christmas, whether it's a religious perspective or not, doesn't matter. If a movie has like that Linus moment, that is one breed of Christmas movie to me. Obviously there's Christmas movies that are like from the, the religious perspective and then there's these movies that are kind of Christmassy, usually just because they take place at Christmas, but that's kind of arbitrary sometimes. It's normally just like, a, we wanted snow on the ground, and it's a reason for people to be together. Or like Gremlins, Honestly, where it's just a really good reason to have the little Gremlins go on a Christmas caroling Well, thing. okay, so that's, actually, that's another one of my perfect examples. Um, so White Christmas, yeah, I absolutely put White Christmas in the same category as Gremlins. Yeah. Sorry, it, it, I, I think it's true. No, I, I wouldn't say it if it was a lie. White Christmas has, obviously, the song White Christmas. However, that's not where the song originated. The song is older than the movie. Yeah. In fact, the song was from a different movie beforehand, but that's another story. Um, it's another story that no one cares about. White Christmas is, I think, a fine movie. I enjoy it. I actually think the best song out of it is Snow, if you remember the song Snow. Yeah. Um... And actually, who, who has a great recording of that is Seth MacFarlane. Ooh. Just, just throw that out there. His Christmas album is phenomenal. If you're into, like, big band swing stuff. But, like... He's, he's very good. Snow is the best Christmas song on the White Christmas soundtrack. 
snow I long to clear a path and lift a spade of snow snow to see a great big man entirely made of snow snow where it's snowing all winter through that's where I want to be snowball throwing but yeah, I absolutely put I put White Christmas in the same category as Gremlins because Gremlins exists. You know, it has the backdrop of Christmas because well, Gizmo was a Christmas present because the dad wanted to get him something special for Christmas. And, and there's the one Christmas. And then there's song, also Do just you hear what I hear. Yeah, there's the scene where it plays Do You Hear What I Hear, which is like uh not what not the what's the one I'm looking for. Not foreshadowing, but it's one of those like it's so obvious, like the in the scene that you hear it, the mom is being, like, stalked by some of the gremlins, and yeah. she's, like, creeping around her house with a butcher knife trying to find them. And it's just so telling of just, like, do you hear what I hear as she's listening for trying to find out where the hidden gremlins in her house are. Yeah. It's so telling, and it's fun. And Gremlins is one of my favorite Christmas movies of I was just say, time. that is one of your favorites. <laughs> yeah. It, I love that movie. I mean, it is one of my favorite movies, period. It was among the first DVDs I ever owned. Right after uh, uh, Big Trouble in Little China? Um, I Okay, among the first movies I ever owned, Big Trouble in Little China was, I believe, the first DVD I ever bought. Like, oh, okay. me personally, I bought, I believe. Okay. Um, I know that movie had, like, a special place in my collection, which is really weird. Like, was a weird choice for me, but whatever. Um, but I believe my first DVDs were Weird Al's UHF and Gremlins, and they were Christmas presents. Uh, did, did I tell you about um, my experience this year with Gremlins? Uh, I don't think so. Where, where I watched, I watched the movie, um, and then later that night I watched it again with my mother. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. And I was like, oh, dope! I just watched this earlier, and I sat down and I end up watching like. I don't think I watched all of it, but she wasn't very far in, and I watched until, like, just after the caroling scene. Because what a great scene. I love it's when the hilarious. gremlins go, go caroling. It's absolutely hilarious. Uh, she I wound mean, up finishing it and then watching um, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which is a Thanksgiving movie, so we won't talk about that. Okay, understandable. Yeah, good God, don't we don't want to get off topic, God forbid. But no, Gremlins, I think, is a great Christmas movie. Um, and, you know, I... I just throwing this out there, one of the best Christmas soundtracks ever, uh, because Gremlin Rag is totally a Christmas sounding soundtrack. There might be sleigh bells in the background or something somewhere. Sure. Maybe. Why not? It definitely does use that, like, super cheesy Chinese, chimey synth sound mm -hmm. that just, like, very feels very Christmassy to me, which, I mean, I think was obviously intentional. It was trying to, like, sound Christmassy without really sounding Christmassy. You know what my feel-good Christmas movie is, Jeff? What's that? The Muppet Christmas Carol, which is also a musical. It is also a musical. Um, I, I mean, listen, like I love the Muppets and I love that version, but I am always amazed at how many people I know cite that as their favorite Christmas movie. I'm going to say I don't know if it's my favorite version of a Christmas Carol. I've probably watched like nine or ten of them by now. You've really sold me on a Christmas Carol just being like one of the best stories um yeah it's it's brilliant but i'm going to say maybe not my favorite overall but my favorite kind of like cheeky version of it 
Does that make sense? Okay, I, yeah, I can get that. Like, I mean, don't, like, it's, like there it's are great. It's yeah. really fun. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I mean, well, it also helps that that's... I, like, I grew up with that. Like, that, that, that movie came out in 92. I had it on VHS. I had that movie, like, through my, yeah. so my childhood. And so it's, like, a comfort movie. But even, like, when I watch it now, like, I think it holds up. Like, I think, I think Michael Caine is a really good... Like, a surprisingly good Scrooge. Like... When Muppets aren't in the scene, I sometimes, like, I'm not thinking about this as a Muppet movie, you know? Um, no, like, you could take his scenes and superimpose them into a different version of A Christmas Carol, and I think they would work brilliantly. Michael Caine is so good in that movie. And I think, like, uh, having Kermit the Frog as Bob Cratchit is, like, cute. All of the songs are, like, really fun. I mean, One More Sleep Till Christmas, you know? Um, I think yeah. that the opening, like the opening Scrooge song, is something I sing about my boss at work sometimes. Like there goes <laughs> Mister Skin Flint. There goes Mister Humbug. There goes Mister Grin. If they gave a prize for being me, the winner would be him. Old Scrooge he loves his money because he thinks it gives him power. There's a there's a little piece of trivia for you. Uh, um, All right. What and the one that goes to Christmas present sings like that's so fun and the the yeah. ending song and and but so I think the I think the music one I would say um, the only flaw that that movie has is that the Ghost of Christmas Past is more horrifying than the Ghost of Christmas Future and that thing is basically the Grim Reaper. <laughs> All right, I I I'm not gonna argue that point. Actually, <laughs> I think if you I mean, watch that movie again and you just like put how scary the Ghost of Christmas Past is out of your mind, it will be the perfect Christmas movie, Jeff. I mean, it's a it's a great version. It is not my favorite version of a Christmas Carol. Um, I just I mean, like seriously, over the past, like you know, it's 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 mid December when we're recording this. Um, I have seen so many people, like, on Facebook and whatever, citing A Muppet Christmas Carol as their favorite Christmas movie of all time. And if I'm asked about favorite Christmas movies, it might come to mind after a conversation. It's definitely not one that jumps to mind immediately. Well, I know that I was one of those posts, but that was also a little tongue-in-cheek, but, like, also a little serious. Well, yeah. But, I mean, hey, you know, like, we did get good news about about A Muppet Christmas Carol. Yes, we did! Yes, we did. First off, it and turned you, 30, so happy birthday. Say, or no, 28. 28. Happy birthday. Um, um, but yes, they, they they found the original footage of the breakup song, which was... So it was in the... Um, it was like in an early screening version, and they decided that it was like it wasn't going to keep the kids' attention or it was going to make the children too sad or something. They took it out of the theatrical cut. But, but Brian Henson, because this is the first movie without Jim Henson... Uh, Brian Henson liked it enough that he put it in the VHS version, but then they lost it. They, they lost the original cut, so they only had that 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 like full screen version. They didn't have the widescreen to put it on the DVD release. So like right now today, if you go out and you buy the DVD release, uh, if you watch the widescreen version, the song will not be in there. But if you watch the full screen version, the song will be in there. No wait, what what song is it? Because I never remember. Honestly. When love is lost or when love is gone, the breakup song that Bell sings. I don't, I'll say who sings. Okay, I don't remember that at all because it's it, it's not 
I get... As a DVD owner, it's not on the one that I have, which I don't even think has. I think it's just widescreen only, so. I gave you the cassette that I used to have as a child because I can't watch it. So if you were to watch that, it would be in there. Um, I know I've heard the song, but I just I don't remember it at all. Right. Uh, they they found the widescreen footage. I guess it was hidden away in storage somewhere, and they're supposedly going to be remastering it and putting it on the 4K release. Yeah, I'll say, I remember seeing the article, and I, I know you've complained about this song on and off for years. So I yeah. was very excited when I saw an article saying that they found the footage of the lost song, as they called it, I think. Yeah, because I grew up with it, and then when I when I went and watched it on DVD, I was like, where the fuck's that, that the sad song? I'm very sorry. That's okay. Now I can now I can cry in 4K soon. <laughs> Just what everyone needs. You'll really be able to see like the uh, the detail on my tears. Just what everyone needs. No one needs this. What else have you what What else have you watched? Another classic Christmas musical, uh, Doctor Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. That's right. Actually, two That's Grinches right. I've watched so far. I have not yet watched the original uh, the original Grinch. Uh, but I'll get to that. I think that one's pretty firmly in my memory. Um, but I watched uh, the Jim Carrey one, and it has uh, uh, a young Taylor Momsen who went, who grew up to um, be in the Pretty Reckless and sing topless on stage before Marilyn Manson. So what you're saying? She actually was not topless uh, when I saw her, but like I, I was, I was ready for it. What you're saying is, it's really weird to know that Cindy Lou, who uh, grew up to be really attractive, she was. I mean, yeah, she's very hot, but like I was. So I was, like, going to go see um, Marilyn Manson, because this is Christmas Eve. He, he covered this as Halloween once. This is fine. Um, yeah, it's cr- yeah, yeah. okay. Marilyn Manson, to cov- Marilyn Manson covered this as Halloween. That's a Christmas topic. From, Let's from go. A, from, a ha- from half of a Christmas movie, yes. So, um, but, like, uh, Taylor Momsen's band opened, and, like, I was doing, like, my, my pre-going-to-see-them research, and the first thing I saw was, uh, that she was in The Grinch as Cindy Lou Who, and then I looked at her music videos, and she was topless. And I was like, oh. Like, oh, this is weird. Uh, yeah. Th- th- things got weird in Whoville for a little bit. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so you watched two different versions of The Grinch. So, yeah. What, um, uh... What'd you think? Man. Okay, first off, what'd you think about the Jim Carrey one? Since, like, let's go in chronological order here. That came out in what, 99-something? I think 2000. Was it 2000? 2000. Okay, 2000. I'm gonna say 2000, yeah. I, uh, I just looked it up. It's 2000. That one, that one had some songs in it. Uh, what's the one Cindy Lou Who actually sings? Uh, honestly, I, I couldn't tell you. I haven't seen that movie for a hot minute. Christmas, why can't I find you? Yeah, where, where are you, Christmas or whatever? Well, um, well, I, I, I mean, think that's I think that's like actually one of the lines in it. And that's how I know it. I'll say because there's like I'm looking at the uh, soundtrack section on the Wikipedia article and it's track 17, Christmas, why can't I find you? Performed by Taylor Momsen. I super that's believe you, I but like I believe. Th- like the line that sticks in my mind is like, "Where are you, Christmas? Why can't I find you?" or something like that. Um, I mean, that's a set, but isn't "Where are you, Christmas?" a separate song? Like, I don't know. That's also anymore. Now you're gaslighting me. You're sure. Where are you, Christmas? Why can't I find you? Or whatever it is. I yeah. think that's a separate song. Future Chris editing here. It turns out that "Christmas, Why Can't I Find You" is the short movie version of the song and where are you christmas is the longer version that was released as a single but they're both actually the same composition 
I don't know. It, it, it's, been, it's honestly been a few years since I watched this because it was it was fine. It was. I think it's a little garish to look at, um, especially when they do like close-ups of like Jim Carrey's like mouth eating an onion and like spewing it as he talks. Uh, that's that's a little unpleasant. Um, the art design's like kind of interesting. They almost have like a. Um, like a German expressionist look going about the buildings, you know? No, because um, I don't know what that means, but I'll take your word for it. Did you ever see the, the, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari? That would be German expressionism. I mean, this is something that I will have to Google. Cause like, Google, have Google I the s- cabinet of Dr. It will auto-finish itself, and you will see it, and you will go, Oh, that movie. Oh, yeah, okay, that movie. Yeah, you you're very you are very correct in that statement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, So, yeah, and, and but it, they like, I don't know, the the way they designed the who's like noses to connect to the upper lips. There were some strange choices in that movie. Well, I um, mean, it was also based off of like, I mean, come on, you've seen the book. I have. Okay, but here's here's where I'm going with this is that I think they made some like some stylistic choices that they didn't necessarily need to make that made the movie look unique, but not necessarily pretty. Uh, Okay. Not always the most pleasant to look at. But what's interesting about that is that then you watch the more recent The Grinch, and I feel... The Illumination from 2018. I I feel like they were actually a little safe with the animation on that end. Like, I felt like they could have... I feel like you, you you have more freedom to do more and it not look ugly in animation, and I felt like they played it a little on the safe side. I mean... I, th- I think theirs was a little more close to the original Dr. Seuss, but I, I, I think they could have gone a little bit more wacky with it. They probably could have, but at the same time, this is also, like, illumination and universal. Like, of course they were going to play it safe. Yeah. I, I'm not this, a, big, I'm this not a was... big fan of illumination. I think that a lot of times they... They make stuff that's a little bit, um, a little bit something that's made for, like, like, to to put on for the kids in the background, and there's nothing wrong with that, except that, like, people will praise kids' movies on the same level. Like, sometimes it deserves it, right? Like, sometimes there are kids' movies that, like, man, I think Finding Nemo's, like, really good, like, just as a movie, right? Um, The Grinch isn't something that I would, like recommend to someone who's not just like trying to entertain their kids for the weekend you know what i mean you know so okay so all right before i say any, any of this i'm gonna throw this out there i adore the illumination version of the grinch okay i cried multiple times in theaters seeing it really? i loved that movie yes, what did you I, what made you cry dude i just loved it it was just like so frustratingly wholesome i absolutely loved it and Keenan Thompson's character, Bricklebaum, is just everything I want to be. But I am way too much of a curmudgeon to be that way. Keenan Thompson in that movie was a joy. Like, there are highlights of that movie. Like, I don't I, I don't have only criticism to say. There are good things about that movie. Keenan Thompson is one of them. Keen, yeah, uh, uh, he's so good. Um, but no, I absolutely love that movie. But there is definitely some... Uh, there, there needs to be a distinction. I don't think you can always grade things that are made for children in the same way you grade other things. And I'm going to go off on a slight off-topic thing here, but I forget the name of the, the website, but it's a board game and a tabletop game review website. Is so it these are board people, Game Geek? 
Is it? I don't remember. Do that's they do of, like out, out of? Do they do like out of a five star rating? Maybe I don't know. I know that that's one of them. But I know that's one of them. I'd have to. I'd have to look it up again. Um, something. This is something Bobby's really into. Yeah. So for people who are really into board games, uh, you are aware that there's more to the world of tabletop games than like Clue and Monopoly, and then you go like one yeah. step like more, and you get things like, like. Carcassonne and Settlers of Catan and other things that every college kid has ever played. You could honestly make like a board game iceberg, like those iceberg charts. Yes, exactly. And then there's like more and more levels deeper of just like there's a lot in the world of tabletop games that I think most people don't realize. Um, just throwing this out there. If you haven't played Ticket to Ride, you need to. The game deserves the popularity that Monopoly has. It is so good and it's so accessible to everyone. But... This website that reviews board games, they will review... The users on this website are so full of themselves and so stuck in their weird little world that they actually reviewed, like, Candyland and Shoots and Ladders the same way they review some of these super serious, like, team survival tabletop games. Like, it's made for children. There is a certain point where you have to be like, okay, what is its benefit to children? So, like, The Grinch by Illumination is easily accessible. It mimics the art style of the original Dr. Seuss book, and it plays it safe because it's trying to be as accessible to as many people as possible. I think it served its purpose perfectly. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I just... Uh, there are some... There are some movies that are made for children that I think you can put on a level of, like... Even as an adult, this is worth your time. This is worth the ticket. The Grinch, to me, is one of the ones where it's like, if it's on TV, put it on for the kids. If, uh, I wouldn't mind it being on in the background. It's much more pleasant to look at. Um, I don't think I'm, I'm ever going to sit down and watch it again, but that's, that's my opinion. However, the one thing I want to say is that this fucking soundtrack is... Very strange and very interesting. The, uh, the one, the Illumination one? Yeah! Oh, yeah. Run DMC <laughs> and Tyler the Creator. Tyler the Creator is on two songs. You're a mean one. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel. Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana. Um, how about the Brian Setzer Orchestra's Run, uh, Run, Rudolph, Run? You're right. Yeah. And that's a very interesting one. It's bizarre. But do it's you... It's an awesome soundtrack. Here's... Here, I, I don't know. Do you know who Tyler, the creator, is? Because I'm not sure that yes. that's... Okay. No, I, I am aware and I have watched enough weird performances he has done for, like, televised events. Because uh, I, uh, I know I sent you that one of him doing the, uh, Earthquake. The man and, is interested. The man is interesting, I will say that. <laughs> but do you remember when, like, his debut single was like he was gonna murder someone in a plane? No, I do not know that. It was his, his, the song that broke him out is called, um, Yonkers, uh, which is okay. like a, town, a city in New York, I think, like, one of the ones that he grew up in. Um, I just want to throw out there that, like, this song contains the lines... What do you think of Haley Williams? Fucker, Wolf Haley Robin, I'll crash that fucking airplane that 
F-word, N-word, B-O-B is in, and stab Bruno Mars in his goddamn esophagus. And I won't stop until the cops come in. Okay, well, he also recorded your You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. I mean, listen, I Ooh, will wait, always... I got it, I got it. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You're stabbing B-O-B. Listen. You're ripping up Bruno will... Mars' esophagus and won't stop until the cops come in, Mr. Grinch. I will always defend people's right to make art for adults and for children, and they're allowed to be separate. No, I 100% agree with you. So, all, I think all it's I'm hilarious. Saying, I think it's hilarious, and I think it's a weird choice for Universal to that's be it. like, yo, that guy. That's all I'm saying is interesting choice. Interesting choice. But, hey, Run DMC, on remember, the other hand, I'm all in on my Adidas. Please remember that Shel Silverstein, the same man who did, like, Where the Sidewalk Ends and The Giving Tree also wrote songs like The Great Smoke Off about one person who says they can roll up joints as fa- like the fastest in the world and one person who says they can smoke them the fastest in the world. I love it. I'm, I'm all in on it. You know, he also wrote A Boy Named Sue that like Johnny Cash recorded about a boy who was named Sue and then he finds his dad and he wants to kill his dad for naming him after, you know, naming him Sue. But he made like, him a tough guy. Yeah, but like I mean, remember, like so I will absolutely defend uh, Tyler the Creator's right and ability to d- sing whatever this it is, was that you. No, were this quoting. is not. This and is not an attack. This is no. This it is, is interesting though because is, that is yeah. that no, is not a safe choice. What's, what's <laughs> super interesting is that not only not only did he do the soundtrack, he released a six song EP of unrelated original songs. Inspired by the music he wrote for the Grinch. Did you know that? Really? No, I did not. He did that, and then the next year followed it up with an album about wanting to murder his girlfriend. That's. Yeah, he's he's he. Uh, you know what? I mean, I can't. He's interesting. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Interesting. He's interesting. Dude. I interesting think he was dude. an interesting. I think he was an interesting choice by Universal and Illumination. I don't really. I mean, I'm certainly not a businessman here. I couldn't tell you. Um, in a sense, it was a safe choice because obviously, I think he did a great job, and they and they knew he was going to. I really uh, like was, the idea of like a he rap was, reimagining of uh, "You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch." I think it's a boring song. Uh, oh god, yeah. Like, like the like it being in the original animation is fine, but like people covering it and doing new versions of it, fucking boring. Let it oh, go. But I, yeah, uh, yeah. But. I think that doing it as a rap version is an interesting reimagining of it. Yeah, it was really fun. It was really fun. I think it was really cool. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, ultimately, like, I, I loved this version of The Grinch a lot. And the soundtrack is hilariously bizarre and wonderful. I mean, that otherwise, I mean, for the record, the rest of the soundtrack, just like the musical score was, was done by Danny Elfman, because of course yeah. it was. Yeah, like why Like, if you, want, if you want whimsical fun, Danny Elfman's kind of your guy. Well, and your boy Nat King Cole, my new favorite, is on there, doing the Christmas yeah. song. Yeah, yeah, uh, Brian absolutely. Seltzer as Group, as you, as you pointed out, the Supremes doing uh, your favorite song, My Favorite Things. Yeah, I know, I know. It's my favorite. It Run DMC doing Christmas and Hollis. He has two songs on this, man. Yeah. Pentatonics. It's... Who doesn't love? 
<laughs> Are you going to finish that sentence? Because I can finish it for you. Because the answer is me. <laughs> who, who doesn't... Uh, them? God, like, I don't want to complain about the pentatonics, but, like... Man... Like, I mean, look, I mean, they're they're really good, but there's something that bugs me about, like, close harmony vocal groups that are so overproduced. Like, they can all sing. Please just let them. Put them in a room, put a single microphone between them, between them all, and let them do their thing. Get rid of all the extra studio garbage. They don't even sound real anymore. Right. They would, I, I would adore them. I would love them if they were recorded differently. But that's just not, that's not the trend in, in modern close harmony vocal groups. And I, I can't stand it. So no, I don't love the pentatonics. Well, yeah, no, that was, you know, who doesn't have opinions about pentatonics? We'll move on. Um, so other things I watched this year, Santa Slay, not really musical. Jingle All the Way, not really musical, but they made a great remix of Put the Cookie Down. <laughs> you know, sometimes the internet. I can say the same thing about. I also watched The Family Man, which is like kind of a Christmas movie. Have you ever seen The Family Man? I, off the top of my head, I don't think so. That does not sound familiar. Despite the fact that you like, you have a very, um, sometimes not hate, but most of the time hate relationship with Nicolas Cage. Uh, yeah. That might be a movie that you enjoy. It's kind of like a. Okay. It's kind of like a take on the Christmas Carol type story, but what it is is that he is a businessman uh, who he gave up, like, his, he, he basically uh, left his girlfriend at the airport to go become a businessman. He does a good deed, and he is given the opportunity to spend one one Christmas, and like a, it's like a little bit after, with the girl that he left and see what it would have been like if he had instead chosen not to pursue business and have a humble family life. And he comes to really appreciate that, but then is kind of sent back to his businessman life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that's that, right. it's the kind of movie right. that I think you might appreciate. Uh, but they also they also made a remix of a scene in that uh, where they, they, they make a scene out of um, Nicolas Cage and, and the wife uh, arguing over a cake and they did like a back in the day when like making making remixes yeah, yeah. of things for movies was a thing they did a little bit of that when the internet was super into techno remixes of, of yeah. random things you want this cake I want it you want this cake I want it I was, I was gonna say is that the cake the movie with the cake scene okay yeah. I, I thought so yeah uh, it's a wonderful life I actually watched for the first time this year Oh, that's right. I forgot. Like you just went on a bunch of adventures. Yeah. Um. What What do you think of a, It's a Wonderful Life? I actually really liked it. I really liked it. Uh. I again, it's one of those ones I think is more Christmas adjacent than pure Christmas. But yeah, it's another one that like takes place at Christmas, and the scenario wouldn't have happened if it weren't around Christmas or some other type of event. But like, it could have been written differently. The story itself could have existed in a different setting. But uh, you know what? Just like a cute movie that I'd never seen before. It's 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 got like a. I think a lot of movies from that time have a certain like, uh, pure charm to them. They're kind of. How do I want to say this? They have a very, I don't know, uh, pure middle middle class white boy outlook on life. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Very much so. Uh, you know, like uh. You want the moon? Uh, that's what I'll do. I'll tie a lasso and bring the moon right down to you. It's like, that's so fucking corny, but, like, you know what? For this time of year, it works really well. 
there is a certain charm to the style of humor that was in movies at the time. Right. And and White Christmas has it too. Well, I mean it's it's from the same general yeah. time frame. Like yeah. the, that like late thirties through like very early fifties um era of Hollywood, there is definitely a uh there's definitely a certain vibe. There's a certain feel that's shared in most of these. There's a lot of movies now that like they're they're very pessimistic and there's something cute about like the problem being like, we gotta cheer up the colonel this Christmas, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I watched Krampus, and I watched Rare Exports. Okay, let's talk. Let's talk Krampus for a second. Then I know you've seen Krampus before, right? I saw Krampus in the theater like with you, you. Like you saw that with. I was gonna say, like you saw that with me, correct? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I was really hoping so. I was hoping I wasn't like remembering that incorrectly. Yeah, and with your brother, and he fell asleep. He really That's liked that one. So sad to me because I love love Krampus. Krampus is a lot of fun. I kind of when I saw the trailers, I kind of wanted to be a little bit more accurate to the uh, to the lore, but like I don't know how much you could actually do with it. But man, that's a that's a fun, silly little movie. It it is, and that's exactly what I wanted it to be. Um, I mean, Krampus, Krampus is is another like yeah, they latched on to like kind of like the basis of the the lore of of the Krampus folklore character. But, like, ultimately, it's another Gremlins-style... Yeah. There's critters, but, like, yeah, the critters are evil and kind of scary, but they're also just super campy and goofy. Goofy, yeah. Like, you know, the Gremlins went Christmas caroling and sang along to Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, and Krampus has a giant jack-in-the-box and killer gingerbread cookies. Like, yeah. it's goofy, campy fun um, that happens to take place at Christmas time. Right. But, rare exports... Talk to me about Rare Exports. Rare Exports was really good. Um, could it, Maybe a little less old man dick, but other than that... <laughs> well, I mean, you know what? It, yeah, I you know, it. You, you know, you gotta take the good with the bad, and sometimes you gotta take the, the uh, old man dick with the... You know what I really like? Spoiler warning! Is that they never really showed the giant, the giant Santa monster thing. I like that he stayed encased in ice. I don't think you always have to show everything. I think sometimes leaving... They kind of show drawings and sketches of him, but I think leaving a little bit to the imagination sometimes is a is a strong move to make. Yeah, okay, so I mean, for the record, to like, give a little bit of backstory here. Hold on, uh, wait, rare... let me just go, spoiler warning, and then I'll put that before what I just said. Yeah, do that. Um, so Rare Exports, uh, Rare Exports A Christmas Tale is its full title. Yes. Is First off, it's in Finnish, so if you're not into movies that you have to watch with subtitles, you're not going to enjoy it, because as far as I know, it has never been, like, dubbed in English. This was the year for it, because I really got into um, Korean revenge films this year. That's a weird, specific topic, but okay. Love um, them. But, okay, without getting into any, like, actual spoilers or anything, let's just say that Rare Exports is a... Uh, not happy, fun, go yeah, like a fun, happy, go lucky Christmas movie. It is a creepy critter Christmas themed movie with a lot of insane people. Yes. So now, like that's like I, I don't I, I really don't know what to say about it without like giving it away. So go so Chris, since you just recently watched it, um, I mean other than the fact that you would. You could do with a little less of the, uh, 
as you worded it so so uh eloquently so daint so daintily uh, too much old man dick um you know i mean i don't know what to tell you man it's it's a european thing yeah, what, what, what like what else do you want me to say um, it is, for the record, it is based on a short film that I've never found. I would love really? to see the short film because kind of like how I've been saying about Saw for years, the uh, the short film that Saw was based on I think is better than the actual movie. Yeah. I bet, in all fairness, that Rare Exports would probably make a better, like, 15-minute movie. Right. But, man, I, I think that's such a fun movie. I really like... Um, the twist that, like, the monsters that were, you know, chasing the people ended up being the elves. It's just one of those things, I think those foreign, like, movies just have, like, a really interesting style about them. Yeah. But, I mean, okay, I mean, I'll, because it's, it's been a handful of years, can you give me, like, a quick summary of, like, what it's actually about, though? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't know that's what you needed. Uh, but, like, yeah, there's, like, in, there's, they're in Finland, there's, like, an excavation crew, and they don't really know what they're digging up. They find out that this is the, the monster that the Santa Claus myth is based off of, and they kind of unleash it. So then this, this kid and his father and the local people, because it's, like, a very small village, are, like, going for their yearly hunting, and they find all of the, all of the, like, I think they're, like, reindeer or bucks or something dead. Mm-hmm. And they find that, you know, the, the creatures have killed all the reindeer, and one of them ends up in the dad's trap, and he, he just looks like an old man. He just looks like a naked old man, and he they think he's dead because he was in this trap, and they bring him into the shed. And I think the, the plan is that they're just going to, like, kill him so that, like, no one knows that he got caught in the trap because the trap is illegal. But it turns out he's not dead. He's very alive, and they they find out, I think through the kid um like snooping about they're hunt the, the this this evil person who started the archaeological dig is trying to resurrect a santa and they think this is the santa only to find that this is just an elf it's one of those you know oh this is just the baby moments you know what i mean yeah yeah so yeah so uh, i mean so ultimately what it, i couldn't remember what the guys were doing i was like why were they there i genuinely couldn't remember that um, because I probably watched this four or five years ago. Last. Yeah. Well, all of um, the all of the like diggers, I believe, are killed, and they they yeah. they the hunter uh, somehow gets in contact. I think via like they found a walkie-talkie on the on the archaeological site, and they're like, "We have what you're looking for," and the businessman shows up, and he's just like, "This isn't this isn't it." <laughs> Um, but they they never end up getting Santa out of the block of ice, which I think was a good was a cool move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but I mean, ultimately the whole the whole like general premise of the movie is uh, people are being attacked by what is ultimately Santa and his elves because they are not what you think they are. Can I just throw this out there because I know you were not a fan of it previously, but by any chance did this movie give you a different appreciation? For the Christmas song that Sonata Arctica released a handful of years ago. No, because I have not listened to that song since I listened to it the first time. Go and back and listen to that song again. I will. So, Sonata Arctica is a power metal band from Finland who basically made a Christmas song that is like it's called Christmas kinda, Spirits. It's yeah, and it's like kind of creepy, and it, it's on the basic take of. Maybe Santa and his elves aren't actually, like, super nice, awesome people. Maybe there's something wrong here, is the general gist of the song. And I know Chris has basically hated the song since it came out, and I've always been a fan of it, because what do I, I know? 
I will revisit it, and maybe, you know, maybe before Christmas we'll even do like a little bit of a follow up, like one more final Christmas episode, just to okay. tie up any loose ends that we think of. Um, and maybe I'll listen to it before then and have that prepared, and maybe we'll talk about like me revisiting Nat King Cole or something too. Who knows? Or maybe I'll throw these ideas out here and we'll do them next year. We'll see what happens. But yeah, um. The, my bigger issue with that was I just didn't really like the composition of it. I, I really like the... I mean, that's... I hate to be that guy who's like, their early stuff was better, but, like, I I really liked Sonata Arctic as a power metal group, and they went in kind of a um, power rock-type direction. And I, I think the music got a little less interesting. But, you know, maybe See, I'll I still think this year. Even from that era, though, I think that's still one of the cooler songs they wrote. But, like, that's fine. You're, you're, you're allowed. Yeah. Uh... I mean, not that it's based on this movie or anything, but like it is just fun that there's a that the, the Finnish band released a song that kind of has like this. Oh, maybe Santa's like not a nice person kind of concept. Yeah, I, and I think that's a really interesting concept. I also like when Santa is depicted as like a monstrous badass. Speaking of which, I saw a Christmas horror story where he like fist fights Krampus. Although there's some interesting twists and turns in that one too. Have you seen that one yet? What is it? Was a Christmas horror story. I know it was on your list. Oh no, I have if not. You, if you had checked it twice, you might have seen it. Um, <laughs> well done. Thank you. But uh, it's actually a. It was the last one I watched, so it's actually like four short stories that are intertwined. Um, and I think they kind of try to make it like like trick or treat. But my problem with it, the thing that I don't like. Is that the stories are not told one at a time with like an inter intersecting story? The story is like told like here's part of one, here's part of two, here's part of three, here's part of four, going back to one, going back to two, going back to three, going back to four, here's another part of one, and it goes like that throughout the whole movie. Oh, okay. You probably right. only have it on your list because William Shatner's in it, if I'm being honest. Oh, okay. But okay. Yeah. Yeah. William Shatner plays a drunk, and I wish I was as drunk as he was during this movie. <laughs> I watched a couple other versions of Christmas Carol. I watched uh, the, the Hulk Hogan classic Santa with muscles. My current wrestler count is at three. So, but the last one that I wanted to point point out is probably a, something that you didn't watch, and it's probably not on your list. I don't think you even have Netflix right now. I do not. But um, have you ever heard of a movie called The Christmas Chronicles? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that came have out you, a few years ago, ha, and there was a second one. Yeah, have you seen it? Um, I have not seen the second. Is the second one even out yet, or is it just it's like out. going to? Okay, it's out. I think it came out this year. I think it was. I'll say Christmas Chronicles is a couple years old. Christmas um, Chronicles yeah, it has is like what's two years old. It yeah, has what's Kurt, his face? Who's who's the guy? Kurt Russell. Yeah, that one. Yeah, Kurt Russell. I was gonna say what? Who, who is it? What's his name? Um, yeah, I saw the first one. That movie was a wild fucking ride. It's Santa steals a car, he gets arrested, there's elves packing chainsaws like like their name was Fred Durst. But one part that I thought was pretty interesting was when Kurt Russell as Santa Claus in prison has a jam session with other prisoners on Santa Claus's back in town. Snow is falling on the ground. 
I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I did not particularly care for it. I didn't say it was good. I said it was wild. Um, it was wild, and then, like, I saw it, and then I just kind of went like, alright. And I really haven't thought about it since, except for the fact that in a couple of, like, the, like, online Christmas community groups I'm in, there are people who rave about it constantly, and I, I don't get it. Because to me, it felt like it was trying so hard to not be a normal Christmas movie that it became a parody of itself. Man, I can agree with that, but it was just, there are some strange decisions in that movie. There were enough strange decisions. I really don't remember much about it because I was just so, I was so checked out. I was okay. so just like, I don't care anymore. Like, it just, it did nothing for me. If Kurt Russell played Santa Claus in a different context, I think he'd be a great Santa. Because I think his, like, personality is a fun take on Santa. But everything he did, like, the plot of the movie itself, I thought was ridiculous. Yeah, it was crazy. But, like, but like, I think he'd be a fun Santa in, like, I don't know, like, an adult Christmas comedy movie. I think yeah. he could be really fun. Yeah. But, like, you know, you don't need to dial it up to 11. Stop at 7. You're fine. That, yeah, I can agree with that. Um, I think this is one of those movies that, that you know... Might be a fun time if you're uh, drinking and making fun of it and putting on your own little mystery science theater thing with your friends someday when the plague is over. Yeah, alright, I can get that. It, it would be a fun movie, I think, to watch with people. Like, I probably won't bother watching Christmas Chronicles 2 or maybe there's talk of 3. Maybe that's what I saw. Maybe. Well, um, I think 2 came out, like, this year. Like, I think it is a new movie this year. So is it? Okay. I, I believe so. Maybe that's all I was thinking of. But, um... um I know that you said you had a couple things that you want to talk about in terms of movies uh, and, and soundtracks. Actually, we so, we kind of we kind of covered them in in the process. So really, oh. what I want to say is because we we brought up the idea of wanting to talk about Christmas movie soundtracks, um, but the problem is when it comes to the soundtrack of Christmas movies, there are two things that either, there's one of two things or a mixture of both happens. You have like classic renditions of classic songs or you have like mo like or you have you know Tyler the Creator doing you're a mean one Mr. Grinch like modern artists doing fun new renditions of songs or you have super generic movie background music and you add sleigh bells to it or you have the Muppet Christmas Carol which um, made a beautiful soundtrack of original well, songs. Well, okay. I'm talking like as a general rule. Like as this is not rule. all of them. But yeah. like as a general rule, like I think most Christmas movies the soundtrack is typical movie soundtrack. There is so I I follow a lot of like music theorists on YouTube and there's some who just talk about like or just talk about like movie soundtracks and stuff. And there are basically no major Christmas movies that any music theorist is going to put any second thought into. Musically, they're never interesting. It is super generic. It gets the job done. Cookie cutter, background movie music. Add sleigh bells, and congratulations, it's now a Christmas soundtrack. Or you get the movie Last Christmas, where the soundtrack is mostly George Michael songs and it's fantastic. And not just the song Last Christmas. It has like just George Michael songs that have nothing to do with Christmas. And it's 
so shoehorned into the plot that the main character just happens to be a big George Michael fan that I have to just, I, I have to just laugh at it, and it's fantastic. What, what a great premise of a movie. Main character likes George Michael. The movie takes place at Christmas time. George Michael had that song last Christmas. There you go. We have a movie. Get a Hallmark writer in here. We have a movie. I mean, that sounds, you know, that sounds fair. I feel like I should still watch that one. That, that You should, fun. because because you're not going to like it necessarily, but I do think you're going to watch it and go, you know what? That was a little more interesting than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And the soundtrack is great, so you can't go wrong. Uh, the soundtrack yeah, I mean, is like, great honestly, because it's like, George Michael. I mean, I got you into George Michael yeah, this year. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, like, but that's, I mean, for the most part, that's kind of my thoughts when it comes to, like, Christmas movie soundtracks. They're frequently not interesting. They are, they they might reference classic songs, like, in the middle, you know, the family's getting oh. in the car, and they're going to drive to wherever to go see Santa Claus, and, like... The music cites Silent Night in the tuba section or something. You know, you know what made me... You thank it. you for reminding me of something that made me that did make me want to scream during the Christmas Chronicles is they kept, like, referencing lines from Christmas songs. Like, like, oh. Santa, like Santa would yeah, jingle, did, like, some, some bells, and they would... And someone would go, what's that? And they would go, that's sleigh bells ringing, don't you hear? Or whatever. Yeah, that's... Oh, my God. I totally forgot they did that. You're oh, right. Oh, man. Well, I'm going to tell you something, Jeff. We've been going for almost an hour on this one, and we didn't think this would be a long one, so... I mean, that was all you, man. <laughs> it was all me. I take, I take credit, but I also kind of figured, you know, this would happen. But you know what? It, you know what, Jeff? It's, it's, it's a cup of kindness that we share with another. It's a sweet reunion with a friend or a brother. In all the places you find love, it feels like Christmas. And I'm going to leave you... That was, that was from The Muppets Christmas Carol, by the way. With this review... I'm going to drop letterbox.com one more time, right? Okay. I'm going to leave you with this review by Megan that I'm just, I've been staring at on the Christmas Chronicles, and then I'm, I'm going to hit stop record, and that's going to be the episode. Okay. You know you've reached a low point when you want to fuck Santa Claus, but it's Kurt Russell, and he's hot, so I guess it's all right. <laughs> uh, so, so, so what you're saying is we're done, right? Okay, thank God.